Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome, one and all. We've been casuals alike. We are Bakan Company. We're here to provide you with a deep dive into all your favorite anime shows and movies. We're going to talk about both new and old anime series and everything in between. If you have suggestions, please send them our way by sending us a tweet at Bakako Podcast or by sending us an email at bakakopodcast at gmail.com. We also want to reach out and thank Akano on SoundCloud for our intro. This week, we're going to be talking about Star Wars Visions, and it's just going to be me, an element, but uh, because I know I'm a big, huge Star Wars fan, and it's going to be a lot of talking, and um, yeah. I'm also a big, huge Star Wars fan. Nice. I wasn't sure, because I, I was pretty sure we talked about, like, we are fans, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm forever, like, I talked about this at work a couple of days ago, but... Um, whenever I would stay up at my dad's as a kid, uh, he rented movies a lot, but there were some weeks we couldn't rent movies, but he always had the original trilogy box set. Yep. So I watched it pretty much on repeat. And as a small kid, Empire Strikes Back really scared me. Uh, so I watched Jedi more. Yeah. But as an adult, Empire, Empire is my favorite. So. Yeah, very similar. My dad had the the original VHSs of the trilogy, and he he's like a big like repeat watcher. Like every weekend, he would just throw on the same movies that he loves and watch them. So as a kid, like I would just sit there and watch them with him. So that's what made me a huge Star Wars nerd for life. Um, so yeah, this this uh, this announcement that they had that they were doing the Vision series was probably like the most exciting thing that could ever happen. You know, my two two of my greatest loves, Star Wars and anime, joining forces, and not just you know, any anime studios, it's like friggin' Trigger and Production IG and um, a couple of others. Not s- yeah. Some that I'm not so familiar with, but I've heard Same. their names before. Um, yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, uh, it was uh, anime studios Kamikaze Doga, Studio Colorido, Geno Studio, Trigger, Kinema Citrus, Production IG, and uh science saru as well so it was a uh, very nice collection i know there's going to be people out there that are going to shout from the rooftops that this studio should have done it this studio is missing the studio didn't have a chance but as far as it stands we don't have a guarantee that there is going to be a season two and from what i would believe is really good feedback there probably will be so there's always a chance that other studios could be involved but um i really had a good time with all but one episode yep i think i think um overall the season was incredibly positive positive for me uh you know not every episode was for me necessarily but i didn't think there were bad episodes necessarily i just think it was like not quite what i was looking for so i think that doesn't really detract from my overall like thoughts on the show it's just and that, I mean, that was the whole point is that the, the nine episodes would be completely different 
you know, in subject matter and tone, um, you know, thanks to the the way the season was structured. So I think they achieved that, you know, they, they had a pretty widespread of different types of shows. And, um, you know, like I said, well, not everything was for me. The ones that were for me were freaking awesome. Um, so, yeah, overall, I was really happy with it. Yeah, it, I think they did exactly what they set out to do. Um, I know with myself and a couple of friends, we hypothesized that Visions, or at least now it's our headcanon, is Visions is the stories that people would have passed down, or the stories that people not really aware of what and who the Jedi are we're talking about, is, is originally how we put it. But uh, as it came out, we found out that Disney is kind of like, no, these are alternate universes. And it was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it was. they made it very clear that this was like in no way, shape or form connected to canon. And yeah. I can see why, because I think so it, it, there were only like maybe two or three episodes off the top of my head that really felt Star Wars. Um, like Star Wars in that it could have been written and fit into the existing Star Wars universe with, like, a little bit of anime flair to it. A lot of them felt very much like um, they knew the general sort of popular, uh, like, what's the word for it? Like, the the cultural icons of Star Wars, like the lightsaber and the force and lasers and stuff, and they okay. took those elements and made a cool story in space, and it didn't really have to do... It wasn't necessarily bound to Star Wars, you know, canon. It just had those elements in it and that's what made it star wars and that was also fun but um it definitely would have fit a lot less into existing star wars if that makes sense yeah like there was a, a lot that was obviously had its had its footprints or its ties in the in the star wars universe and we could i want to say like the first episode we'll get into that now i guess uh with the, it's called the duel and that was animated by Kamikaze Duga, or Dauga. Um, it was probably the most jarring one for me to watch, only because like it was 3D anime, but also cell shaded, and also black and white for the most part. Yeah. So, um, I think they did a really fun reimagining with it being more like classical samurai, classical like old school story. And yeah, everyone's throwing around Kurosawa as the uh, description yeah, for that episode. Yeah, that's yeah, it, and it was just, it was really like it. It starts out with a really serious tone, and you don't know where they're going, and very quickly it gets fun. So this this studio, I only know them because they do the JoJo OPs, the ones that are in three D. That's like their style. So okay, if you if you know those OPs, you'll recognize this style immediately. Um, but that's about all I know about them. I'm sure they actually do like proper anime as well. Um, I thought the style was super cool. It was, like you said, very different, obviously. Um, but I think it worked in, you know, what they were trying to, what they were trying to theme the story around. Um, I thought in general, like the, the atmosphere, the atmosphere they built and the, the characters they brought in were super cool. Um, there were a lot of really dope moments and, you know, this happens in, like, nearly every episode, but every time they pull the lightsaber out of the sheep and it's a freaking katana, it's the sickest shit in the world. Um, I really hope if one thing comes of this, uh, that they add katana lightsabers to Star Wars for real, because that shit oh, is yeah. dope. Shit is so dope. Um, yeah, the, the, the care that they took to make all the lightsabers unique, I, mm. I, really, I really enjoyed that, because when we... Like you first meet the 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 lone wanderer, uh, you you obviously know he's a Jedi. He's got it like an R two D two like droid mm -hmm. with him, and once you start seeing stuff go down, and even though the Sith like that Sith warrior, she was a little uh, like outlandish with the umbrella lightsaber. Mm -hmm. It was still fun. Like it never felt. It never felt like anything was being forced. It's still like everything had a reason. And even like the stormtroopers being more like feudal era kind of mercenaries and having the, the village themselves have like people and aliens in it doing their own roles with like sniping or crowd controlling. Everything was fun. 
and by the end of it, like you have a, an amazing duel, like you have an amazing pivotal fight, and that going back to what you were saying, like that long draw of the katana saber, and how just epic yep. it made you feel like everything felt very thought out, and, and I don't know how much influence. Disney had during their stories or during their development, but this felt like everything was in the right place at the right time. Sound design was amazing. Like just like lightsabers sounded a little different, like like a crackling almost as they were drawn, and it was just like I was hyped the entire time. I was going to touch on um, this. They introduced an idea in this show. I mean, it sounds weird to say introduced, but thinking back. In the history of Star Wars, I don't think it's ever happened where someone has drawn a lightsaber and then it turns out to be red and they make the comment, this person is a a Sith. It's always been very apparent before they get into a fight that whoever they're facing off against is a Sith. Or if they're like a Jedi that's been corrupted, they would still have their blue and green lightsaber. They just haven't had time to, you know, change it to red, I guess, to fit in with the crowd. So this 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 whole show that like, it happens multiple times where someone will draw a lightsaber and they'll go, "You're a Sith because the lightsaber is red," which is a funny idea. Like it's pretty obvious in hindsight, but like that's never happened in the history of Star Wars. I feel like either you already know that they're a Sith, so there's no point in making yep. that comment, or the red of the lightsaber like uh, is not. It's never used as like a, a surprise reveal, you know. At least off the top of my head, I don't think so. Yeah, well, if we want to look through the series and, and use the prequels as anything, like, when Darth Maul makes his appearance, the way he's dressed, the way his facial expression is, and how he's entering the scene, you know he's going to be the bad guy. You know he's going to be the Sith. Right. And even for the characters, like, they are aware that he's not a good dude. And I think yeah. maybe, I, it's been a long time since I watched um, the prequels, but I feel like they're, they're not sure that he's a Sith Lord necessarily, but they have their suspicions. And he, he's already fought them with a the red lightsaber, right? So that, that alone is not indicative enough that, um, that he's a Sith Lord necessarily. I'm, it's been a long time since I watched it, though. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I just thought I that was a funny concept that they, that they used a lot in the show. Yeah. And I found having the stereotypical, not stereotypical, but the classic behind the waterfall fight paid off in such a different way in this. It was like that, that to me was the twist and the shock of this episode where I was like, all right, like I'm in, I'm ready for this to like hypothetically be a series. Yeah, that, um, that whole sequence, which is basically the entire duel, I guess, but from the moment they step onto the log and she cuts it off and they start floating down the river and fight. And then he hides behind the waterfall and sets up the trap for her. And she like uses the force to like open the, the waterfall using the log. Like all that stuff is like super creative and cool and like stuff I haven't really seen before off the top of my head. Um, I mean the, the log fights like a very classic thing that you see in other stuff, but, um, yeah, I just thought that was all super dope. And also his, uh, the fact that he had two lightsabers and one was like this super long staff one. That yep. was super cool too. I love that. Um, yeah. Did you watch in uh, English or Japanese? I watched it in English, except for uh, all the episodes I watched in English, uh, except for episode two. I put it to Japanese because I felt the uh, the voice acting in English was really bad. Yeah, I typically found that um, the voice acting in English was never great i didn't watch everything in i watched probably four or five in english to start with and then after the first minute minute or two where it became apparent that like yeah this is going to be the the same sort of voice acting i switched to japanese so yeah i think i think i have it backwards yeah because i remember watching one in english two in english redoing two in japanese and then i'm pretty sure i just switched to japanese going forward yeah i'm looking at i'm looking at the the voice lists and I was like, oh, I didn't know, like, Neil Patrick Harris was in episode three. I don't remember that. I don't mm-hmm. remember Alice and Brie. So now, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much the same. I watched one in English and then got annoyed at, like, the, limp, the lip syncing and stuff. So I switched it to Japanese and rewatched it, um, which felt much better. And then Tatooine Rhapsody, I watched in Japanese as well. Um, 
the twins watching Japanese. I mean, that's Trigger. When I saw it, it was like so super oh, Trigger. Yeah. Like in design, I was like, this has got to be Japanese. I'm just watching an episode of a Trigger anime <laughs> at this point. Um, the only other one I watched in English was Lop and Ocho, um, oh, I, I believe. Hate, I'm sorry. We're going to skip ahead and just, I'm going to put it out there. I hated episode eight. Really? I actually yeah. really liked it, but we can talk about it when we when we get to okay. it. But that's that's very surprising. Um, okay, so the duel, cool. Uh, you found it a little bit jarring, but overall, I thought it was you know super Same. cool. Like, episodes very different, and I think it kicked the show off to the right start. Right, like introducing the idea that no, this is not quite going to follow like Star Wars established canon perfectly. Like they're going to have their own spin on it, so it doesn't have to follow Star Wars rules all the time necessarily. You know, there's going to be very um, Japanese or anime styling to everything, which is super cool. I mean, that's what the whole point of it is, really. Uh, and three, like, uh, the animation styles and general choices can vary wildly from what we know about Star Wars, which is, again, super cool. So that was a great tone setter for the series. And then cool. on to episode two. Episode two, I really, really liked because it was so different. Hmm. Uh, almost every Star Wars story starts with a fight in space, a fight with lightsabers, or someone running from something. And we do get treated to number three here in Tatooine Rhapsody Episode 2, but in a very different way. So um, I thought it was just going to be one of those like very reminiscent of Fall Jedi Fallen Order. We're like, you know what, he's a young Padawan on the run, he doesn't want to be found out. How is he going to get, like, how is he going to blend in and sneak away from all of this? And then we find out, like, he's in a band. He's in <laughs> a good band. It's funny, um, when they re when they released that trailer for Visions um, and this episode, they that shot of him, like, um, doing the concert in front of Tatooine, I remember thinking, like, man, I'm not really interested in watching that episode at all. So when this was coming up as episode two, I'm like, eh, I don't really feel like I'm going to be into this. Um, yeah. And I was surprised it was, you know, a lot, um, it was a lot more, I guess, heartwarming than I expected. Um, I watched it in Japanese as well, um, which felt right. I thought it was super funny that I didn't realize the, um, he, like, the band leader, like the guy with the, the, the little glasses, uh, I didn't realize he was a... A hut until like halfway through when they like Same. introduce him yeah and they refer to him as a hut yeah it's just his design was like super weird and different with the glasses i guess um i i like the i there were moments in the show i liked um especially like sort of towards the end when he's doing the big concert and like bobbers bob bobbing his head along and stuff um overall yeah. it's not this is one of those episodes where it's like it's not quite for me it's not what i'm wanting out of the the show i think um it is cool that it exists, though. Like, I'm glad that they had this sort of um, episode in because it's very, like you said, very different to what we get from Star Wars. But for me, when I'm watching Star Wars stuff, I, there's like a set sort of thing that I want out of it, which is very easily repeatable, <laughs> which is lightsabers, the Force, and action and stuff. Um, I'm very easy to please in that regard, I guess. Well, it was... I, when I started going on Twitter to read what people were saying about it, like a lot of people were in the mindset that it's the weakest episode because you come from such an action-packed episode to get to this. Mm -hmm. And it threw a lot of people's kind of like momentum off watching it. But I think to me, it's a good palate cleanser. It's a good way to get these visions going and realizing not all of them are going to follow the same structure. Not all of them are going to be about lightsabers. Not all of them are about Space Battles, like I said earlier, and the studio that did it, as uh, what is it, Studio Corrido? Yep, that's one. Um, they're also they're also the ones behind like Typhoon uh, Noruda and like Penguin Highway, or you want a, a Whisker Away. They don't do a lot in in short bursts, so they don't do a lot of TV shows. But I think that was in their benefit because they are so uh, adapted in what they do, and so precise in how they animate and the styles that they use that it really paid off for them because like by the time you get to the end of the episode and everyone's having fun the music's going i was into it too like i really enjoyed it and like i said at the beginning of the show today that i find a lot of these 
episodes could hypothetically be turned into six to 12 episode runs of something. Or even mm-hmm. if we just do get a season two to see where are these characters now? Like, because I had fun and then you, you go the whole time watching it thinking, or right before the, uh, the arrest of his friend Guy there, the other hut, um, you think Boba's after him. After yeah. our main character, I think his name's Jade. I could be wrong. I can't remember his name, yeah. But um, I just looked up uh, Studio Colorado and immediately I recognized they did uh, Burn the Witch. Yep. Which is a cool show. Um, and I don't really recognize much else on their list. They've done a lot of shows, though, but just not stuff that I watched, really. Um, but yeah, I think you're right, though, that having this, if they were being strategic about it, which I assume they were, this was like the perfect, complete antithesis to episode one. Like, whereas episode one is very raw, literal dialogue, uh, immediately into the action. Uh, this was very much like all about characters and friendship and um fine uh, having a good time sort of thing yeah um so yeah i think it was a good like opposite and that sort of set the i don't want to call it high and low but like the spectrum of what the show will go go on you know um which is cool because sorry sorry no you're right you're right because like every episode we do get like a really high intense episode and then the the next episode following it is different i don't want to say less intense but different right yeah and that's what I'm, what I'm meaning about the spectrum. Like, essentially, they set the the both ends of the spectrum, like the I guess the extremes, maybe. Yeah. And then every other episode falls within that that spectrum, I guess. And you know, you're not really blindsided by something that's completely out of uh, out of scope compared to the first two episodes. You know, it all fits within that range, I guess, if you could somehow quantify it. Um, oh, I, yeah. I, so I get what you're saying. Yeah, overall, you know, solid episode. Not quite for me, but um, I don't think it was bad by any means, you know. Just not what I was necessarily looking for from the <laughs> show. But I'm glad other people enjoyed it. Um, yeah. That's okay. Let's let's move on to then episode three. The Hell episode yeah. done by Trigger. Trigger, baby. And how, like, it's called The Twins. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. You got me. And then when we see it's like, conjoined star destroyers essentially with a cannon in the middle <laughs> so funny dude trigger never fails to make me laugh like and i was just thinking ugh. like in my head like i i tried a lot a couple times in these episodes to put them into the context of what if this showed up in one of the movies and i could see them doing something very similar i mean it was it was another super weapon and we know that star wars trilogy cannot begin without having a super weapon at the start this is also um, true yeah, it's uh, it, right off the bat. I was like, "Hell yeah, this is like Trigger." And you know, every Trigger show always has the problem where they need to get to space somehow, and sometimes it's for for, <laughs> for the best, and sometimes it's for the worst. Um, so it's funny that this one finally started out in space, um, and they just went nuts from the beginning. Uh, this was a lot of fun. You know, if you know Trigger, you know what you're getting into. Um, they had a lot of great moments and like super just like, cool anime shit that they could do with, you know, Star Wars themes that we knew, like, the lightsaber whips and, like, the the power suit that takes a kyber crystal and, like, makes six more yep. lightsaber arms. It's, like, all, all super dope shit. And then uh, they do the ultimate homage to uh, The Last Jedi with the the hyperspeed slicing the spaceship into. Yeah. Which is, you know, as much as everyone hates that movie, uh, I, do, I do still think it had some of the coolest fucking Star Wars shit in the world, even though it completely, like kills canon uh it is just like visually some of the coolest shit i've ever seen in star wars oh and yeah 100 percent. this was like you know a great um a great throwback to that um just yeah just a super goofy fun ridiculous episode you know trigger trigger all the way to the bone like you know the, the character designs the themes the voice acting the script everything it was trigger all the way this was like the most this was yeah this is the most like thinking about like all the other um episodes when i'm this this took stood out to me and granted i don't know all the other studios as well as i know trigger necessarily but this stood out as like this is like 90 percent trigger dna and then 10 percent they just happened to be using star wars uh, ip um and it yeah. was great yeah that that's 100 percent. the way i felt like 
it, it very much was a trigger production because at the beginning, like it's got that slow burn. They're setting up a lot of information to you all at once to get to the payoff. But as trigger does, you, you have the payoff. It's in sight. How trigger gets to that is, is like no one knows because when uh, the first time I watched kill that kill, like, all right, that's, that makes sense. She's going to have to do X, Y, Z. No, she's going to do one comma four and maybe a little bit of X. And so you're just sitting there like, how is this all making sense? But Trigger does it in such a great way that you're having fun. And I'm going to say this is the episode I, I had the most fun with. I, I like I know I said episode two was really good and I, and I felt a lot for that episode. But three, I was on the edge of my seat like, oh, my God, this is a Star Wars anime. Yeah, I, just... I think looking at the episode list, uh, the word fun absolutely comes to mind for this episode, and that's exactly what it was, like, just nonstop fun. Um, so, yeah, I really, I really loved it for what it was, um, even though it was, like, very much a trigger show with light tables in it. Um, it was still super fun. Yeah, so if I was to explain it to someone that was like, hey, can you explain episode three to me really fast? Um, lightsabers, mech suits... And explosions. It was I think that's Trigger, a good <laughs> Trigger finally made it to the ultimate space, Star Wars. <laughs> uh, after that one, we have the the Village Bride. Uh, that was the Kinema Citrus episode. I found this episode more in line, like what I would I would probably feel for like a, at the beginning a Studio Ghibli. Um, movie be like it was very calm it was soothing you didn't really know the atmospheres what's going on they're telling this little story as this um this soon-to-be husband soon-to-be wife are like making their journey and it was just different where you didn't immediately get introduced to lightsabers you didn't immediately get introduced to the force there's no stormtroopers there's no droids like running around and in my mind during this episode is how do they get there? This seems so peaceful and so quiet and so like wholesome because it was like, how, how are we going to get there? And it's probably not until the last few minutes you actually get the fight, you get the, the droids and things like that. And it was, it was beautiful. Yeah. I, um, I really loved this episode. This was like the first episode out of the, the, first four i guess um where i was like oh damn this is like really good and this one felt more star wars to me you know for two reasons i guess one is um uh the idea that they were just there to observe the planet you know um and there was like the master and the apprentice sort of thing mm -hmm. uh, i like that they were sort of like uh they came and enjoyed the villagers culture sort of and but they had this sort of idea that they weren't going to interfere in what was going on because, you know, it wasn't necessarily uh, their place to do so. Um, and I liked the whole themes of, like, how the that village sort of communed with the planet and that was, like, their, their god, I guess, or whatever. Um, the thing that struck me very quickly was the music, and I had to look it up, and I sure as hell was right. It was Kevin Penkin on the music. Um, Damn. So, rec so recognizable. Um so like uh so made in abyss feeling um and of course uh kinema Kutris, i think did made in abyss right i'm not crazy uh, i have them open here yes they did but made yeah. in abyss so yeah oh, man, that's totally so makes cool. sense totally makes sense that they were involved totally makes sense that this was like the sort of episode they would make like very uh it feels very world buildy, you know. They, unlike the other ones where they're very much jumping into the characters and the action very quickly, this one felt very much like they were taking their time to set up this, you know, sort of beautiful world and this culture of people that we had no idea about. And you know, the main characters, you know, in air quotes, that were supposed to be the Jedi, I guess, uh, were sort of like the the observers to all this. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I was I was like a huge huge fan of this episode. Um, it was like definitely one of my favorites. And then, obviously, right at the end, the the duel was the sickest shit in the world. Like, she draws the yellow katana lightsaber and then does, like, the anime blink dash. Oh, my God. 
Yeah. It was the coolest. That was the coolest in the world. I love that. I love her like her character design with the mask and the hood and stuff. It was super awesome. Um, I was a, I was a huge fan of this episode. I have to agree. Um, I know we should have <laughs> polarizing discussions, but it it was an episode that was fun in so many ways. Like how I was saying, it was wholesome and, and slow. That was great, but the just her the mystery of who she was. And what she could do, like, you're just, the whole time, I I was pretty sure. I was like, all right, all right, this, you know what, she might be a Sith in hiding. Maybe, maybe she's, yeah. like, maybe she's I'll... someone's, like, maybe she's secretly there to do something bad. And it's like, no, they were just there to observe. And then all of a sudden we have, like, the, the bad guy mercenaries and the daughter's going to be sold off. That's why they're getting married now, to be happy now. And it was just like, that. that's so many more layers than any of these episodes need. And that goes back to what I was saying about how this is probably another one that could have been a full series. You could have a very cool show on this. Yeah, this this absolutely felt like it was an episode of a show, like the the Master and the Apprentice, I guess, sort of traveling around the different planets and seeing their cultures and, you know, trying their best, like, you know, the Star Trek directive, like, don't interfere sort of thing. Like, trying their best not to interfere, but, it, yep. you know, them being Jedi, it always gets the better of them, and they have to, like, step in to right some wrong or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I, t- I could totally see this one as, like, an actual an actual show. And I would love it, because I'm such a huge fan of Kenna McKittress and hopefully Kevin Pankham to come back. Um, this one also, like, you know, a lot of the other ones lent on the Star Wars music, even though they weren't necessarily using directly Star Wars tracks. They were composed and arranged in a very Star Wars way, like, you know, yep. the big horns and stuff like that. It felt, the music felt typically very Star Wars in a lot of the other episodes. This one felt very much not like that. And I actually liked that a lot because obviously it was still Star Wars with the lightsabers and the force and stuff. But uh, the music being so different and the feel and the vibe of the show being so different was actually very exciting to me. Like that was like a side of Star Wars that we don't necessarily see a whole lot. And I would love to see more of it. Yeah, so we're from there. We're gonna move into uh, the show, the episode that deserves. Like I know a lot of these were saying need series, <laughs> but I think this one deserves it the most. Uh, episode five, the ninth Jedi. Um, so we get kind of introduced here that the Jedi are extinct. There's not a lot of them left. They're in hiding. They're wherever, and all of these. Jedi get invites to a temple to to get lightsabers, so it's kind of like lightsabers are a lost art form in this, and I think that was really cool. Um, and then we're just treated to essentially it feels like this is episode three in an already going series because like there's all these Jedi coming around, they're very confused where they are, they all seem like they're established characters because just by looking at them, you're like, all right, this is the new kid, this is someone who's been through a war. And then when we go down further to the planet, like you have the Saber Saber Smith and his daughter Kara, and you're like, "All right, where's this going?" And it then goes into this like typical like anime trope of like the parent gets killed because they're they're secretly known for something else in the in the world, and like now you the kid the offspring you're on the run because we find out she's force sensitive. And it's just like, it's just a huge acceleration of like these plots and these stories and like everything's getting really hyped up. Like, and they introduced the idea that a lightsaber in this is based on like its colors based on who you are and like what you, what you fight for. The length of it is based on essentially like your power level. The strength of the force. Yeah. It's super interesting, right? Like. It's sort. It's sort of. Um, I I remember vaguely feeling like this should have been the case back when I was a kid in Star Wars. Like it, it never made sense to me when when I learned about how Kyber crystals worked. It didn't make sense to me that like Sith would always get red ones and then Jedi would get blue and green. Like why is why are those the colors? And then Mace Windu had a purple one, which was super dope. Like it. This explanation, I felt like I sort of came up with a similar explanation in my head that, like, the lightsaber color would change according to some aspect of, you know, how you were as a Jedi or a Sith or whatever. It it didn't make sense that the Sith would, uh, the the crystal, sorry, would arbitrarily determine the color of the lightsaber. And obviously the explanation is that 
when you get your crystal, it's through the force. Like the force determines what crystal you get. So therefore, if you're a Sith, you would constantly get a red crystal or whatever. Um, but I I sort of liked, even though it felt it feels kind of anime, I did kind of like the explanation of like the color being synced to you know where you are with the force. So that like that guy with the purple lightsaber when he finally like he lets go of his rage or whatever, it becomes blue again. That was like a cool idea. I thought. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I also found, I thought it was interesting how uh, Kara, when you first see her, she's got like that gray kind of almost see-through lightsaber. Yeah, that was And the cool. more she uses it throughout the episode, it's getting like more and more blue. And just eventually, like she's got the full color lightsaber, like it's it's beautiful. Um, even, I think the, yeah, the main character, male, his name was just plain as L and Ethan, <laughs> but like whitest name ever. Yeah. Uh, but having him like get the first lightsaber and every, all the imposters, like, or sorry, all the other Jedi pop out to be imposters and they're all Sith and they're all like, they all came to get sabers cause they are Sith. Mm-hmm. And it was just so cool to see, like, that big fight, to see everyone fight, to see the, all of uh, the action. Like, it was a lot different than, like, a, a standard Star Wars fight, because a lot of the time you watch the, any of the fights. And it's stand on the ground, slash, jump a little bit, dodge, slash, use the force, slash. But this one, they were, like, bumping. Like, it was awesome. This one actually had violence, right? I'm trying to yeah, remember if the other people ones... people died. Like, obviously, the duel had it and stuff, but this one, like, actually showed, like, lightsaber wounds and stuff, and, like, they threw the guy into the middle of the, like, what turned out to be the whole temple was, like, a hilt of a lightsaber, which was, like, super yeah. fucking cool. I thought it was the coolest shit ever. Uh, but they, like, threw him into, like, the hilt, and he, like, burned to a crisp. It was, like, quite violent. I was really surprised by that. Um, but this actually, this made me think, you know, looking back on the previous episodes and going forward as well, this felt the most, like, and it made me realize that it feels like these anthology series, um, they're almost like the pilots to a, to a show series, you know? Yep. So, yep. like, the whole idea is that you want to fit in all your main characters, your main themes, your main story beats, and, like, have, like, a good payoff at the end in, like, a really quick 30-minute block, which is why a lot of them, to me, felt kind of rushed, but I guess having watched... Uh, um, Marvel's What If it was like very similar to that you know yeah, yeah. like they had they didn't really have time a lot of the time to, to sit on different beats which is another thing I liked about The Village Bride is that they actually took their time to, to sit on different moments um, but yeah this one felt very much like you know okay she's got a lightsaber okay she's fort sensitive lightsaber's clear suddenly it becomes blue okay now she's like full on fighting whereas if this was like a full show with a season it would totally be like she's like bored on her planet and her dad is like training her in his off time but she's never really sure what the training's for and then like eventually you know when the guys come and take her dad you know then she picks up a lightsaber and feels that this is what all the training's been for so it explains yeah. why she can fight and you know she's force sensitive but she didn't realize it because the dad never let her use the force because she was worried she'd get caught or whatever again imagine the whole show in my head like just from this episode which is i guess what a good pilot episode should be right yeah for sure like it sets it sets the groundwork for so much. It builds mm -hmm. a universe. It builds a backstory. Like, almost everyone, like, at the end of it, we have Ethan, who's, like, the surviving Jedi apprentice. We have Kara, who's trying to save her dad. Uh, and then there's even, uh, they rescue, or not rescue, they uh, let this, I guess his name is Holman. Uh, like, the, the, the Sith who, like, was a Sith, but he was unsure. And you can see that in the battle. Like, his lightsaber flickers. Mm, and yep. by the end of the fight, like they've beaten him, he's got saber scars, and his his lightsaber goes from red to it goes to purple, right? Yeah, it, it, it's purple, and then it goes because he's not sure, and then yeah. they like talk him down, and it becomes blue again. But yeah. then there's also the Margrave as well, which was like a cool character. Yeah, yeah, that was super cool. Like, yeah, how he was secretly a droid. <laughs> yeah, it was so cool. Um, That's dope. And I I'm gonna go back on something I said earlier. I think I I'm pretty sure I misspoke where. Lop and Ocho is an episode I liked. It's Toby, the next one, episode six. T O B okay. one. T O B one is the sense. one. I, yeah, yeah. So, if you got this far and you didn't already turn us off because I said something wrong, I'm so sorry. It's Toby. I couldn't stand. Yeah, I didn't hate this episode. I just wasn't into it at all. Like Tatooine Rhapsody, at least there was like sort of a 
a fun sort of novel take on sort of existing Star Wars stuff that we know, like Tatooine and Jabba the Hutt and stuff. This one just felt like an Astro Boy episode uh, and then randomly a lightsaber shows up at the end. Yeah. Um, it, I think this would be a really cool episode to show to a kid. Like, they'd probably love it. Um, but it was not at all for me. Um, and I came out of that feeling like, well, I'm glad that's over with because <laughs> I want to get to the cool Star Wars again. So, oddly enough, uh, this was animated by Science Saru, uh, who mm-hmm. you might remember from an earlier episode of our podcast as the people who did Night is Short Walk on Girl. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So, like, they have that really fun, bouncy animation. It's a little goofy. It's a little different. And I think that was the most jarring thing to me. Like, I know I'm watching anime. They don't need to be reminded of it when <laughs> every step this character takes, it does the plink, plink, plink. I'm like okay. Yeah, it was. I mean, style wise, I thought it was cool that it was very much like the Astro Boy sort of thing. Like, obviously, the yeah. professor was designed very much like that. I, I like the throwback. Um, it was not enough to make me like the episode. Uh, yeah, it just. I don't know. It, I think whatever they were going for, they did it. It just was not what I wanted. <laughs> it was not something I was into. So yeah, we're not going to dwell on it. We're not going to trash it. If you like that episode, <laughs> let us know. Um, maybe there's something we missed, but, uh, the next episode we want to talk about is, uh, episode seven, and that's going to be The Elder, which was also done by Studio Trigger. Which surprised me. I did not realize it going in that it was a Trigger show until, like, the credits, whatever, at the end. Um, but yeah, this did not, did, comparing the, the twins, which was 90% Trigger, 10% Star Wars, this was, like, 90% Star Wars, 10% Trigger. Yeah. I, I didn't, honestly, I didn't even recognize anything Trigger out of this, um, which is not a complaint, you know? It was just cool to see them do a completely Star Wars feeling episode, you know, when they had done the twins previously. Um, I really, really loved this episode. Uh. It was just super dope. Um, uh, yeah, loved it. It reminded me, like, um, there was an anime I started watching, and I can't remember it, but it reminded me to, like, oh, maybe Samurai 7, if I can go back that far in time. But it was seemed like it was a very traditional type setting, very traditional type story, and you were expecting one one outcome and as trigger does they kind of spin that on you but it felt again like it was episode two of a series that they knew what they wanted to accomplish and it was so cool because like the moment they get to this this planet he like he's like a sense of disturbance and you're like oh what's gonna happen and they you show up and it's like a plain old like almost Japanese-like village. People are mm-hmm. weary of foreigners. and You know, these guys are weird. Like, And and the 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 Padawan, Dan, is like trying to be like nice <laughs> to the kids. And they're like, who are you? And it just, it was again, fun. And it was enough to like captivate me. And then just the fight. Like he tells Dan, he's like, Dan's like, I'm going to go explore. And he's like, all right, but whatever you do, don't fight. If you see the Sith, like you have to run. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he finished saying that line, I'm like, he's not going to run. <laughs> There's no Post way up. this kid who has been itching for a fight, he's literally the Anakin in this scenario, is like, I'm going to fight, I'm going to turn on my lightsaber and like, kill a man. And I was also expecting him to, like, for Dan to turn to the dark side in this, and something mm. else happened, but I was very, I was very happy to see what, what does end up happening, and Again, it was like you see the a creepy old man, like, and he does the creepy old man smile and goes like that switch turns on, and we've seen it numerous times in anime, and it was just fun to see again. But as a Sith, and their their fight was just so good. Yeah, I think um, I'm like looking back through the episode list, and even going forward, this one felt the most like an actual like this was written the sort of the tone of it the the dialogue especially i think that that's one of the biggest things about all these episodes is the dialogue typically feels not quite star wars either they write some stuff that like you know you can't imagine people saying in an actual star wars show which is not a complaint necessarily it's just different um or like it's just stuff that it it doesn't fit with star wars canon like the ninth jedi the last episode with the lightsabers changing color based on your attunement with the force that's super dope but that's not like how it works in star wars 
this one felt the most like this was straight up like written by people who know star wars Mm-hmm. which was you know in stark contrast to trigger's last episode um but yeah, <laughs> yeah I, especially. like all, yeah all the way from the beginning you know they're they're like traveling through the star system and then this master's like did you feel that and it's like a disturbance in the force and then they go down to investigate on this planet and you know the planet's super cool being like sort of like you know feudal japanese village theme sort of thing and they see the the Sith ship and he's like that's that ship is Sith design uh and then they go hunting for this this elder Oh, yeah. That's. I think that's why I was such a big fan of this episode because it felt like actual real Star Wars, like it could have been, um, straight out of you know another episode of a Star Wars show. Um, yeah, I loved it. And I think that's where we we lean with a lot of these these episodes. Like whoever was guiding them from Disney must have just purely went, all right, it's got to have a lightsaber, it's got to have the Force, or in some way like pay homage well, to the to the source material right that's the thing didn't disney say that like they basically just gave them the license and said go nuts with the I, with the caveat that like this is not going to make its way into star wars canon at least not this season so like do whatever the hell you want because we don't care just have fun with it i thought that was like the whole the whole concept of giving the studios the license was that disney wasn't going to be like the the canon keepers you know so not that what, yeah, Sorry. so one thing I did see, because I'm just scrolling here through some of the like news snippets and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, one, a fun fact, because we were leaning about this earlier with the Ninth Jedi, at an event it was revealed that the number of episodes had decreased uh, from 10 to 9 due to the Ninth Jedi originally starting development as two films. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think it's like... It's like feature-length film, right? They're yeah, probably talking about but, like short but probably two episodes, film. right? Yeah. So, like, the, the fact that these studios were doing a lot bigger things, it was like, uh, Disney says here, we really wanted to give these creators a wide creative berth to explore all the imaginative potential of Star Wars, of the Star Wars galaxy, uh, through the unique lens of anime. We realized we wanted these to be as authentic as possible to the studios and creators who were making them. Uh, yeah. Made, made through their unique process and a medium that they're such experts at. So the idea was, this is their vision riffing off on all elements of the Star Wars galaxy that inspired them, hopefully to make a really incredible anthology series, unlike anything we've seen before in the Star Wars galaxy. Yeah, so that's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. They, I'm sure the studios had the option to talk to Disney if they wanted like to have some sort of, you know, fit into the canon. Like, not like these shows are canon, but more like to make sure that what they're writing makes sense in existing Star Wars, you know? If, I'm sure they had that option if they wanted to, but I think Disney f- probably came at this with a very hands-off approach. Um, yeah. Which makes yeah, sense because Disney Disney doesn't make anime, so leave it to the experts, right? Yeah, well, and another fun thing to see here is, like, for anyone who is a huge fan of The Duel, uh, there's going to be a, a book published. It's called Star Wars Visions Ronin. It's an original mm-hmm. novel. And it'll be I didn't know they were doing on books. the story of the duel. So it's it's coming out in three days from this recording. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, they did such a great job. I wouldn't be surprised if more came out of this, especially mm-hmm. like the elder. Uh, but we'll move into now uh, Lop and Ocho, mm. episode eight. So uh, I really like this one. You did. Yes, uh, I was I super impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I was super impressed by the quality of it. Like it really felt like. I mean, we just watched uh, Akira recently. It very rep- reminiscent of that. Like it had a very nineties anime's feel to it. Yeah, um, it had like a film grain, right? Yeah, not just a film grain, but just like the I guess sort of like you know you could see the characters were like the two D cells, and then the backgrounds were beautiful painted uh, like art pieces. You know that that old school anime style. Um, and then yeah. anytime there was like big motion, like when she's driving the, uh, the hover vehicle, like the, the speeder. Yeah. And she like hits the boost. That was like super nineties anime where it's like, you know, she's driving on a curved sort of surface, you know, that I, I don't know how to describe that shot, but it's like such a shot that you see in like nineties stuff. A lot of the time. Um, it, yeah, it's yeah got the, that boost. Visually, I was like blown away by this episode. It was so so pretty to to watch, and I also liked all the characters in it. Um, I liked the main character, uh, who was Lop, right? Yep. Um, 
yeah, I, I, I remember people saying, oh, this is going to be some weird furry shit. I didn't think it would be that. I mean, Star Wars has its fair share of, like, furry animals and stuff, so I don't think it was out of place necessarily. It was cool seeing a main character that wasn't, like, a human, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is often the case, um, or a droid. Uh, so, yeah, this was just super cool. And I like the idea that, like, the family sort of, uh, there's, like, a legend passed down in the family, and it's, like, a lightsaber. Um, that was super cool. I like that a lot. So another uh, fun fact that we have here is that the characters of uh, Lop and Ocho. Uh, Lop is played by the voice actress that does Airy in My Hero Academia, and the character Airy, she's the one with the horn, and it grows out of control and it like powers up other. Oh characters. oh oh yeah yeah Airy 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 or Yuri. Um, but the actress who plays Ocho is Rise Shimizu, uh-huh. played Amira on another episode of ours that we did, which was uh, Rage of Bahamut. Yeah. I, uh, I was super into Ocho's design, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I just praise Lot being not a human, but goddamn Ocho is like waifu status. <laughs> and when she does, when she does a thing where she like, uh, puts the blood on her eyes. Yeah. Oh she was hide as fuck like just seeing um, that switch like and it's it's obviously to signify like something's changing it was so yep. badass yeah i was and gonna then, say um oh. the empire looks good on ocho yeah um yeah she and pulled that look off that was good it was just like the animation for this episode was just outstanding you could tell like again these these studios and these animators and these directors have such a great vision for what a, for what they were doing and the quality that they're they're producing these at you're just not being left in the weeds you're not sitting there saying like oh, i don't know they maybe this could have been better by this no like our gripes that i'm i'm bringing out here are with like it not being something my personality jives with these these are all still fantastically animated shorts and the fact that like the studio that does golden kamui is doing a star wars episode just like blew my mind like i i wanted more this is the the episode that ended and i was like fuck come on <laughs> yeah i think i think all of these episodes sort of show like you know it's it's very typical in the anime industry when you're making a, a, a seasonal show that you'll get X amount of budget and X amount of time. And like, it's very common to hear that like the studios are working on the episode up until the day of release, you know, like frantically, like having to redo, do frames and stuff. And then often, sometimes it turns out great. And sometimes it's very obvious that they did. They just ran out of money or time to animate stuff. Um, This was, you know, definitely not that they obviously had a long period of time to make these shorts and a lot of money from Disney to do so. And they were able to make all of these episodes without compromise, which was thoroughly enjoyable for us to watch, I think. Yeah, and they they did so well that, again, my, my goal is to get season two visions. Like, <laughs> either, either have all new studios come in and do this level of quality, or give me continuations in what I want. Because they let that think... slip... Go ahead. I would think if they were to do season two of Visions, it would be all new studios or at least just all new stories. It'd be very difficult for them to continue because some of them just don't need continuing. Yeah, that's so true. it would be weird for them to continue some and not others, um, unless they did some sort of thing where, like, I don't know. It, it seems weird to continue some and not others and have that all as part of one Vision season. I think if they wanted to, they could brand they can commission full shows from some of these episodes, the ones that like yeah. people really responded to. That would be super dope. Or they could just do another season of Visions and bring in a bunch more studios, or just tell a bunch more stories. I think either one's dope. Exactly. But the, the reason I got hyped up for a quote-unquote season two was they let that slip that with uh, What If, the the Marvel series, a lot of those episodes are getting conclusion episodes. So, like, the Zombies episode will be finished and things like that. So, like... As soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, they couldn't, they couldn't not do that with Visions. But again, they're two different IPs, two different, like, houses in the Disney family, so. Yeah, um, I think, 
also for what if um it makes more sense because it's all the same animation style and the idea is that they're part of the same multiverse yeah like so and it's you know technically marvel canon you know i think visions is a bit more out there so it's a bit harder for them to just like do continuations but anyway last episode the last episode that we have is called akakiri um that is also done uh by science saru and it's a yep. very different art style to me <laughs> to me very. seeing this episode we're gonna go it feels like we're gonna go back probably into the 90s like uh, i would say like a mid mid 90 anime is is kind of where i placed it yeah i don't really have a reference to what this animation style is like like i mean it's characters deeply, like it's like deeply-esque uh, i guess it's, so maybe like maybe they I have, have a very they have like stuff. a very beautiful painted um background going but i find like it's it's got a little bit of like more of a 3d element to it like a lot of the characters feel like they're they're straight out of 1995 but the the fight scene and it's just so loud and it's so well done yeah it was very visually distinct i think um character design wise and there were lot like lots of really cool shots um and like use of color and stuff like that yeah yeah um, the color is like it pops yeah I did like this episode. I also like the way it ended, you know, with him turning. Um, obviously, every other episode had, like, sort of a happy ending, so it was cool to see something that was, like, not so um, as a change-up. Um, I think uh, the the way they did the lightsabers was super interesting. Um, never seen anything like that before. Um, at least not in reference to Star Wars. Uh, but I thought it was a cool visual effect. Um I would not say this was like one of my favorite episodes necessarily, but I still think it was cool for sure. Yeah. Like the, the buildup that we get for this one is like, obviously we, we have an assumption of where it's going, but the battle, him turning and him having to deal with the consequences of his actions are phenomenal. And it's all, you miss a lot of that in, the main Star Wars canon, like a lot of the time, we're along for the ride of a story in Star Wars. But the way Visions is doing everything is you're seeing the story rather, or experiencing the story rather than seeing it as kind of like a, a camera in the distance. Like so many of these episodes had feeling and they they do a very good job of provoking those emotions from you, the viewer. And just how how this episode can change its tone because you 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 get introduced to this like this very like what you think is going to be a fight to end all fights and then no you're getting the beginning of a story and you're just sitting there going oh this this is this is different this is not where i expected this to go and i I it I, I agree. It's not my my favorite episode, but it's up there. I'm gonna say it's in my top five <laughs> out of nine. My top nine for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I yeah, I think it was the right episode. Like yeah, yeah, I I agree. All right, so we're getting a bit long, but uh, I think maybe top three episodes for the show overall. All right, so top three for me. I'm going to have to go with number one for me is the ninth Jedi. Mm -hmm. uh, number two for me is going to be Lop and Ocho. And then I'm just because I liked how different it was. I'm going to say the village bride is my number three. Nice. Okay, cool. Uh, I would say, I think I need to watch the ninth Jedi again because I'm not, I feel like that, that didn't hit me as hard as it should have. Um, I love the Elder. This isn't necessarily in one, two, three order, but I think it's the Elder, the Village Bride, and Lop and Ocho, maybe. I think Night right. Jedi could very easily... I think Night Jedi could very easily take Lop and Ocho's place. I'd need to watch it again to remember. Um, but yeah, I think that's what I'm feeling. I think definitely Village Bride and Elder are like my top two, though. That was my favorite two episodes of the show. Nice. So, uh, 
to finish up, uh, we talked about last week what we wanted to watch going forward. So we still are uh, doing Mashoko Tensei, uh, Jabos yep. Reincarnation. So that'll uh, be in two weeks from now. And, um, oh, I guess I should read the closing. Uh, I want to thank everyone <laughs> for joining us today. We appreciate any and all feedback. As we're still open on Twitter, uh, Bakako Podcast on Twitter, Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, please, anything, even if it's a suggestion for a show or you're like, hey, Drew, you're completely out of line hating on Toby. I'll fight <laughs> you. Uh, but we look forward to chatting with you all next week. See you then. See ya, and may the Force be with you. May the Force be with you.